We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, 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 and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, oh please, you please don't let this flop. Hi, I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop. A podcast about internet culture brought to you by Rolling Stone. I'm so excited to talk about this, Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Ever since you sent this to me, I was on vacation last week. I know. I literally was sending you so many videos while you were in Disney. And I was just like, I... Like, EJ cannot miss this, and I hope that she is bored with her family and needs to watch this. I was. I was bored with my family. <laughs> I, was sit- I was sitting across from Slinky Dog Dash watching everyone go on the ride, and I you sent me these videos, and I just could not stop consuming them, just, like, obsessively yeah. watching them. It's amazing. Just please tell tell everybody what we're talking about. Yeah. So if you have heard the word "womblands" in the last week, that means you officially spend too much time online. I think it's fair mm-hmm. to say that if that word has entered your vocabulary in the last week, you should go outside, which is a lesson <laughs> I have learned for myself. If you haven't, well, you're in luck because I've spent enough time online for all of us and now can give you a semi-detailed history of why that word has taken over the Internet. Mm-hmm. So first, you need to know who Chelsea Hart and Lance Sosi are. Lance, whose TikTok username is Modern Warrior, has built a platform on calling out racism as well as injustices against Native and Indigenous people specifically. He lives in Denver. Chelsea, who uses they-them pronouns, is an Alaskan comedian with an absolutely insane mid-Atlantic accent. Like, it is so insane that they have to put I'm not British in their bio. And I'm just like, but this is an affected accent. But that's just, that's just me. So the other day I asked a woman what she did for work. I'm just a mum, she tells me. I did not like this. Just a mum. Anyway, for quite some time, the pair had allegedly been building up a flirtation um, via TikTok. They had sort of been in the, each other's comments and, you know, it's it just sort of was happening very publicly, but also like not in a way where people were kind of like, oh, are Chelsea and Lance a thing? But they had been sort of in a, some sort of type of friendship or relationship publicly via TikTok. Chelsea, it seems, had a, absorbed many of Lance's causes and became a pretty public advocate for him as a personality, but also very similar Native and Indigenous rights activism. Because they live in different states, their relationship was purely virtual until a few weeks ago when Chelsea flew out to Denver to see Lance. There, they had unprotected sex, which is just a bad idea for someone you're meeting for the first time. Don't don't get flued out to another state and have unprotected sex. That's just a don't raw little, dog with someone you don't know. Don't don't raw dog with someone in Denver. In Denver, <laughs> yeah. In Denver, um, you <laughs> know, I just don't raw dog in Denver. Period. Of of the cities to raw dog in, <laughs> maybe one of the worst cities. <laughs> but anyway, they did that. And then a few days later, maybe even I think just a day later, while Chelsea was still in Denver, Lance posted on TikTok with another woman and confirmed with Chelsea, who had asked, is this someone you're seeing, that he had been seeing this other person too. This is what sets a chain of events so catastrophic that I believe it's caused a ripple in the space-time continuum. Chelsea did not uh, respond to this well. Did not. So on March 2nd, Chelsea... The the way that started on TikTok is that Chelsea posted an apology video. The very first video that Chelsea posted about this was an apology video. 
And it was for an angry Instagram story that they had made in response to what went down in Denver. So in the apology video, they claimed that they had discussed uh, a more serious relationship and that Lance had also suggested being polyamorous, which Chelsea wasn't into. They were pretty measured on that side. And the reason why the apology video was posted is because Chelsea's Instagram story, the angry initial Instagram story, had set off a bunch of neo-Nazis who, because Lance is very publicly anti-racism and points out a lot of racist activity online through his his Instagram and TikTok account and just, you know, his general internet presence, there's a lot of neo-Nazis who were spreading malicious misinformation about Lance. Um, It's hard to tell if it had already kind of existed from the neo-Nazis prior to Chelsea. I'm sure there was sort of like a base level of like, just like hatred um, from a lot of these users against Lance prior. But of course, the Chelsea situation made a lot of that worse. Um, Things really soured, though, when Lance posted an apology video that has since been deleted. Um, Lance got very roasted in the comments for this because it basically, I think the people who were pro-Chelsea in the situation, because the first video was so measured, is that he characterizes the relationship as a friendship and regrets being a poor communicator. That was the essential part of the apology. So the video that has gone viral from Chelsea Hart is a stitch of Lance's apology video. Um, And Chelsea did not like the apology, did not accept the apology. So Chelsea pulls out their ring light, a little gray vest, and some basic guitar track to get real fired up. And they claim that they have an ache deep in their womb lands. Well, they're really saying womb, comma, Lance, we have now learned. But womb lands is much funnier and sounds exactly like what Chelsea is saying in that time. And then start screaming, you fucking knew, in that weirdly off fake British accent. Which is the new uncut gems. Yes. And basically what Chelsea is talking about is that there was trauma that they had shared with Lance. That they felt like Lance had like used them to open up through this trauma. And they're referring specifically to a miscarriage. Though there are many users who allege that it was actually an abortion that Chelsea mischaracterized in the videos. Which is like even messier and it's based off a lot of DMs and conversations that Chelsea had had with various users on Instagram and TikTok. So that's, I mean, that's not great um, if like that is the way that they're sort of mischaracterizing um, the situation. But anyway, Chelsea posted some more impassioned takedowns of Lance. There are several videos that Chelsea posted and that are still up as of the time that we are recording where they claim that their trust was violated, especially their request for exclusivity from Lance because they did not want to be in a polyamorous relationship. So within days, this created a full-on TikTok shitstorm. They have millions of followers between them, and the drama is being documented by and even involved numerous other TikTok personalities that I'm not going to break down. Like, it was like, there's a lot of, like, maps that people were drawing up of other people who had also had, like, consensual unprotected sex with Lance and that he had been dating. And I mean, he was really ran through apparently. Yeah. Other um, wi- other women did come out of the woodwork to sort of confirm Chelsea's story, but, yeah. and like support Chelsea at first. But then after a while, these women kind of backed away from Chelsea because apparently Chelsea was really trying very aggressively to control the narrative. Right. And so it was, you know, it's just kind of like a messy, like Lance was dating a lot of people at once I don't care to find out who all the people are because I already did not want to learn about these two people. Um, But now I know about their relationship much more than I would like to. 
But predictably, the discourse has been a massive mess. People accuse Lance of sexual assault, which in this particular instance is not true. That's not what Chelsea is accusing Lance of. They had consensual, unprotected sex, and that is what Chelsea has repeated in all of the all of it. It's just the cheating and the polyamory was what Chelsea had an issue with and sort of the lying about other partners. But like cheating also does not count as sexual assault at all. And Chelsea also continued to dig themselves into a hole with every further video. So the last video that they posted at this time was made to prove a point about both Lance's knowledge of their desire for committed relationship, but also somehow pushing them into a more erotic one. But the text screenshot shows Chelsea offering to show some lingerie and Lance half-heartedly saying, I'm looking forward to seeing it before (laughs) they send a photo. (laughs) It's actually a really, it's one of those really embarrassing text things where you would have to put me at gunpoint to share that type of text message. Like, it was literally a block of text from Chelsea being like, this lingerie is so sexy. Oh, my God. And Lance is just like, sure. And then they send the photo. Yeah, they sh- Chelsea shared it willingly. <laughs> Very willingly. And you and thought thought they were making big points. And the yeah. big point was, yeah, you got clowned. And yet you chose to get clowned. Um, look, I get why Chelsea is mad on a base level, right? Like, this absolutely to have developed very genuine feelings for Lance over a period of time. It seems like their relationship went back like a year. Um, yeah, I don't think it was romantic the entire time, but it seems like they've been close for at least a year in time and have developed a, a bond between each other. But every single description of the story from Chelsea's perspective seems to show that Lance was pretty clear about his own desire for more freedom and dating and sex. Like every single thing, like, Chelsea had pointed out multiple times that he had brought up the fact that he wanted to see other people and was seeing other people. And instead of keeping what sounds like a pretty painful and embarrassing rejection private or for a group chat full of kind friends, Chelsea turned the situation into a TikTok circus. And TikTok pulled out the popcorn and ate it all up. Users imitated the way Chelsea spoke, wrote campfire songs, and have run Womblands into the ground. You fucking knew Many have also wondered why the fuck we all knew this much detail about a very messy hookup. Do phones not work? Why did it need to be made public in the first place? I think what's so unfortunate about this is that it really like had the opportunity to be a learning moment for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think my my first response when you showed me this was that it reminded me of the Aziz Ansari story that came out on Babe yeah. um, a couple years ago where, you know, uh, basically, if if you guys forgot um, <laughs> or were not following at the time, which God bless you, um, somebody came out with a story on the now defunct publication, Babe, saying that they had had like not good sex with Aziz Ansari, like, you know, borderline non. It was like messy consent. Yeah. And, and it sparked this whole conversation about. Well, first, people were just, you know, pointing their fingers and blaming Aziz and accusing Aziz Ansari of sexual assault. But then the conversation sort of evolved to the point where they were like, well, what is the language that we have to describe sex that is technically consensual, but there is a lack of consent involved yeah. in some aspect of it? And and we don't have a language for that. And that was a really important and necessary conversation to have because women have sex like that all the time. Like, I, yeah. would, I would say the majority of my, you know, sexual encounters in my late teens, you know, fell into that bucket. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's what happened here. You know, this, yeah. this person, you know, not using a condom and being 
unclear or dishonest if you take Chelsea's account at face value about what you want out of a relationship is shitty. But it's yeah. n- it's not sexual assault. Yeah. It's not sexual assault. It does seem like there it seems like there was a lot of miscommunication. It is really hard. I mean, again, like seeing that one text screenshot sort of makes me really curious what the rest of their communication looked like because he just seemed so like at a distance of like caring about this like sex that he was receiving and about to receive. But I am very curious about like how the rest of it went down. But I also do not care to see any more details or um, conversation between the two of them um, ever again in my life. But it got so messy so fast. I mean, there were people like when I sort of became aware of the discourse, it had a very like there were like elements of race that were sort of tinging the discourse. Like people were saying Chelsea was weaponizing white woman tears to accuse Lance of sexual assault, which is like Lance is a man of color, which is like not really fair because they're not accusing Lance of sexuals. Like they weren't accusing Lance of sexual assault. I do think like the, the optics are not great in Chelsea's sort of, you know, I I think like the way that Chelsea approached it and the type of melodrama of like, of being a white woman who is crying very publicly over this, like, man of color, like, for something that, again, wasn't that deep. Could have just be been honest. in your text. Could have just stayed in the texts. Could have just stayed. It, that's that's the optics where I yeah. think it gets really messy, where it's like, I think that, um, you know, I think Chelsea's also just, like, full-on internet presence made it worse. Like, it's very, like, I don't know, just like messy white feministy sort of bullshit that Chelsea has always kind of like played with. And I think that's why it also the optics don't seem mm-hmm. as great with it, um, especially when you have a platform that big to kind of take this type of, again, not that deep situation and take it to like a public space like TikTok where you both have millions of followers and yeah. also have, again, neo-Nazis, as as Chelsea said, neo-Nazis bent on killing lance <laughs> like they're so dramatic <laughs> yeah i mean but that's the thing like it's like if you have like if that's also an issue this in context of that in comparison to the possibility of neo-nazis wanting to kill this person maybe don't put this on tiktok maybe don't put this on instagram like don't bring it into a public space where you have millions of followers and also like the possibility of people who like really are like really hate and want to ruin his life for other reasons. Yeah, and it was kind of disingenuous. In all of their videos, they kept saying like, oh, you know, the point of this is not to weaponize neo-Nazis against Lance, but like it's clear that that was what was going to happen. And I think Mm -hmm. they probably on some level were aware of that. So I think they were being disingenuous about that. Well, thank you for sending it to me. It, it was. Um, a, I'm glad that it, it helped make your Disney experience all the more joyful. Uh, let's talk about some more straight people. Straight people. Um, this week in straight people news, I have we ever talked about Elon Musk and Grimes before on this segment? I feel like we must have. I honestly don't think we have because they also had allegedly broken up last August before we had even started the podcast. That's right. I I mean, I I think I was thinking, we definitely talked about how Azalea Banks said that Grimes smelled like a roll of nickels. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, Paps beer pussy. Yes. (laughs) So smart. (laughs) So, yeah. So uh, last, we were both aware they'd broken up um, about a year after they'd had their baby. Um, Again, I don't want to pronounce things on this podcast. Like, I, I just... I don't think anyone knows how to pronounce the baby's name. So we'll just call the baby X. 
they call the baby X. She pronounces it um, X-A-I Archangel. Um, but apparently not only did they get back together, but there's also another whole ass baby that we just didn't know about. Yeah. Um, the person who uncovered this secret baby is Vanity Fair reporter Devin Gordon, who went over to Graham's house to do an interview. And they're talking about our new album. And then <laughs> it's really funny. Um, you will link to it at the bottom of, uh, you know, the podcast notes. But you guys should read the story. But the reporter hears the baby crying and she asks Grimes, like, hey, do you have another baby? And then Grimes says something even more insane than that question, which is I'm not at liberty to speak on these things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Like, how are you not at liberty to talk about this whole other baby <laughs> that you have, especially when you have been just invited a journalist into your home? Like, you're not going to be able to stop a baby from making noise in your home. Yeah. Like, you've you've gone to interview plenty of celebrities, Brittany. Like, has anything like this ever remotely happened to you? No, there's not been a secret baby um, in any rooms. I did once. Um, the very first time I interviewed Cardi B, like for, it was like very early in her career and she was still like technically on Love and Hip Hop at that point. But it was very funny. Like I went to her house and we had been talking for like 30 minutes and then some guy just came out of her bedroom because he had to leave and she had locked him away <laughs> in in her bedroom because they had like hooked up the night before. And then he was just like, I really have to go. Who was it? <laughs> Were you like, who's that? It was a guy who was, like, from Love & Hip Hop who's not very famous. I can't remember his name. But they were kind of, like, dating at that time. This was year, literally years ago. Um, and, like, it was, like, long before Bodak Yellow. And he was just, like, in the room. And was she chill just, about like, it? Or was she, like, embarrassed? Yeah, she was, like, a little embarrassed. She was just, like, she basically, I think, told him to kind of hide away. Um, and he, like, literally needed to leave. <laughs> and she had kept him in there for too long. When I interviewed Doja Cat, and I did put this in the story, um, they were like, yeah, you'll come over to our house. She'll make you lobster rolls. And I was like, oh, you have a nice house. Is this where you're staying Like while you're renovating your other house? And she was like, yeah, this is not my house. They just told me to say this was my house. <laughs> 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 they just rented an Airbnb in Sherman Oaks like for the occasion because she's like, I don't want fucking people at my house, which I understand. Yeah. I completely <laughs> understand that. But Grimes, <laughs> my point is Grimes should have done that. You know, yeah. you're just like stow away the baby. Your, yeah. your partner's Elon Musk. Like you can afford to stow away a baby yeah, in an Airbnb. Yeah, put in the guest house that Azealia Banks was staying in. The baby's name is um, Exadark Sidereal. Uh, okay. Um, but they call her Y for short. It's apparently, <laughs> I don't even like want to read this. I have it in my notes, but I don't, it's just, I don't, I hate her shit like it's just so hard to... and I really do not care for her as a person she called the word a more elven spelling of side reel which she defined as the true time of the universe star just time exhausting it is exhausting I didn't even want to like read that like it, the oxygen that it took to formulate that sentence was like difficult for me to summon up yeah um I mean when the story came out, she like kind of had a sense of humor about, I mean, like not really yeah. um, on Twitter. She said, didn't mean for them to find out about my daughter. So please respect her privacy as I'd love for her to be able to live as private of a life as possible, which is fine. But then don't fucking give interviews to Vanity Fair with your kid in the house and pretend that the kid doesn't exist. <laughs> 
And then she said, me and E have broken up again since the writing of this article, but he's my best friend and the love of my life and my life and art are forever dedicated to the mission now. Um, and then she explains what the mission she's referring to, but I don't, I'm, no, I'm not, I refuse. Uh, yeah. I refuse. I, I hate, I hate them. I just, yeah. I hate them. Yeah. I have no objectivity towards those two people whatsoever. <laughs> Hi, Don't Let This Flop listeners. This is future EJ here updating you guys on um, Grimes, who is reportedly, according to Page Six, dating Chelsea Manning, the activist whistleblower and former U.S. Army soldier who was sentenced to 35 years in prison in 2013 for leaking thousands of classified documents to WikiLeaks. Um, Page Six says that they are allegedly getting serious, quote, and they U-hauled it. And they've been living together in Austin. So it seems like Grimes is bouncing back from Elon pretty well. Okay, back to the show. Um, but let's, can we talk about some better straight people now? Yes, please. I'm so excited. Okay. Um, so two better straight people, Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, are starring in The Batman together. And Brittany, I refuse to see superhero movies of any kind. So you'll have to explain uh, why, because I know you saw it, why they yes. use the article The in front of Batman. That's like the original name of Batman. In but the is it comics. is it like a plot point in the movie? Like are in our articles like important for the plot of the movie? No, it's just like the way that bat like that's the way bat Batman's always been the Batman. We're just used to movies taking out the article for to condense it for the sake of like the title. But Batman, it, like that's the original name. From the why comics. did they? Why did they get rid of it? I also love that you're asking me this. Like I'm like a a expert on this. Like I don't know. I just really like Batman movies. But like the Batman, I've never read a single comic, but I know that the Batman is the original way that he's built in the DC comics. Like from the early 20th century, is like that's the name is the Batman. I only refer to him as what my son called Batman when he was three, which was Doctor Bat. <laughs> <laughs> He just, I'd never talked to him about Batman before and we were at the doctor's office or something and he pointed to a Batman figurine and he was like, oh, that's Dr. Bat. And I was like, I, yeah. don't, I really don't think he has a medical license like, to practice <laughs> medicine. Um, so Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz are starring in uh, the Dr. Bat together and <laughs> they're doing this thing on the press tour. It's a thing that celebrities do, you know, where they pretend to be like flirty and in love. And but I eat that shit up every time, <laughs> every time. <laughs> but you know but you're like a savvy media consumer like you know it's just for promotion and i love it i like don't believe in guilty pleasures but my guilty pleasure is that i watch marvel press interviews when new movies come out even though i won't see the movie because more likely than not chris evans and sebastian stan will be like really horny together <laughs> i mean that's a, that's, that's a lot better than this in my opinion, because like they're confirmed, Robert and is is confirmed to be dating Suki Suki Waterhouse. Yeah, for like a long time, and Zoe, I believe, is dating Channing Tatum, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I they, don't know. Well, I think like Jason Momoa like semi confirmed it because they like were like we're supporting RZ and like shared a bunch of photo photos of him and Channing being himbos and attending the the premiere together. That's hot. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> but this is like. I don't know. They're boring people, in my opinion. And like, I disagree. <laughs> I knew you disagree. About, <laughs> I knew you. I knew you disagree about Channing. I knew you disagree about Channing. But you think Suki oh, Waterhouse? Off, you you included Channing in that? You included Channing in yeah, the boring he's, people? He's boring. That's absolutely disgusting. He's a himbo. He's I, just like your standard himbo. Have you not seen Magic Mike XXL? 
Uh, Don't say no. Don't say no, EJ. I think I haven't. I didn't like the first one. It wasn't well, the first for me. one was bad. It was canonically bad. No one likes the so first one. So why would one. I watch the second one? Because the second one is really fun. It's a road trip. It's a himbo road trip comedy. Oh, I got it. It's I have a bunch of male it, strippers who are literally on a road trip heading to a male stripper expo. And they are basically just stripping along. They're basically like relearning how to love the art of stripping along the way and like <laughs> celebrating the fact that it's meant to bring an immense pleasure to women. And there's like Jada Pinkin Smith is in it as like a, I don't even know. She like runs like a, a, like a male stripper review out of her house where it's just like filled with women who are just like getting like lap dances from Donald Glover. And then they just show up and do it too. There's like Andy McDowell who like sleeps with Joe Magniello. Like it's just like a, it's a good time. Yeah. It sounds fucking great. Honestly, you're right. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. I literally (laughs) rewatched it like last week. But Zoe, Zoe is dating Channing who I guess I I, I need to revise my opinion of. Um, but they're flirting constantly on this tour. The dressing room must have. Mm, I actually know what, because I actually went in your dressing room. What? Times, without you realizing, you used to use your toilet because mine didn't work. Where? No, you didn't. And um, people are getting really upset about it because it's just obvious that it's just. They're not upset about <laughs> it. They're offended. I am sick of being a victim to marketing movie couples because I am a hopeless romantic fangirl that eats this shit up. They have more sexual tension in these interviews than they did in the movie. Either fuck or don't. They're not offended. They're just kind of like, they want them to fuck because that's the thing about the Batman is that it's really horny and they have all these like really like intensely horny moments together and they're both so hot, but they never consummate it like there's no like sex scene and there should be a sex scene in the batman it's insane that they're not fucking in their little bat and cat suits but like yeah yeah that's offensive yeah so i think that's what people are just like i would like to have seen them just bone a little bit yeah it's it's like a little dry hump it's offensive when hot people don't fuck in front of in front of people (laughs) yeah so i think that's what people are sort of like they're like their repressed horniness, but they're not mad, mad. They're just, you know, being play mad about it. Stop pretending that you're fucking like put up some raw dog footage on Pornhub, not from Denver (laughs) or get the fuck out. Like, especially if there is, if these people are as hot as like Zoe Kravitz and, and Robert Pattinson, like we just need, we need to see some evidence. We need to see a smooch or something like you cannot do this to us. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, it's just, you know, just a little something. Do they, they smooch just, in the Batman? They do. They smooch. Okay, good. I'm glad they smooch. Yeah, there is like kissing. Um, but do they just like raw dog in the Batmobile? No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? That's what everybody, literally everybody wants to see. Yeah. People just want to see porn all the time. Like, yeah, everybody just needs to realize that. And the fact that there's not enough porn in the Batman is really a tragedy. I do love that this this platform, this this platform, this podcast and specifically this segment is just like an outlet for our extreme horn. At this point. <laughs> you should record this at 9 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> on, 9 a.m. on a Friday. <laughs> just scream about how. We need to see people fuck. fuck. Yeah. (laughs) It's perfect. Let them fuck. I'm 
I'm excited. Okay, so I sent this to you, mm-hmm. but I also like did not catch up on it beyond like the first two videos I saw about it. But it seems like you've gotten really into the story. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I got you. And so I'm excited to hear what you've learned about this thing that I just was like, this seems interesting that you now are you like I, you texted me at one point this week and we we're like, I'm deep in it. I'm deep and I was like, in it. I had already forgotten the girl's name. Um, so I also want to shout out because I couldn't have really like researched this without her. Um, Andrea Marks, who is a cultural reporter for Rolling Stone, who has been doing really good work on this. Um, and she kind of walked me through this. But we, we, yeah. we've talked a lot about like true crime TikTok on this podcast and how people go out of their way to sniff out scandal and impropriety when often there's like really nothing there. I mean, with the Womland story that we were talking about before, that was just messiness. Like that wasn't an actual yeah. there, there, there was no actual scandal there. Yeah, but, the true crime was the investigative quality that people were giving to it. Yes, and and but in the case of uh, this dancer named Miranda Derrick, there actually may be something a little more dark going on. Uh, so, yeah. so Miranda is a dancer with a pretty big TikTok following. Um, I think she's got a couple million followers. Um, she used to go by Miranda Wilking, and she has a sister, Melanie, and they were both influencers. Uh, they were known as the Wilking sisters. They'd post pretty generic, adorable dancing content they're they're kind of a dime a dozen on tiktok honestly just like very yeah you know very skinny able-bodied conventionally attractive white women um who can kind of dance uh but a, f- yeah. a few months back miranda stopped showing up on their page and people started to speculate why and in late february melanie reposts this really creepy video of miranda dancing in a field to billy joel's my life with the caption saying that miranda is quote the victim of a church-based cult in the LA area and the family has not spoken with her since January 2021 and the caption then goes on to allege that this church which it doesn't actually identify cuts people off from the outside world and exercises control over followers finances money and time and she posts it with the hashtag free Miranda so obviously this raises everybody's eyebrows um and it doesn't take long for people on TikTok to find out um what organization this post is allegedly referring to um, Miranda and her husband, James, who is also a dancer who goes by B dash are both represented by the same management firm, which is called seven M films, which is a pretty big social media management company, um, for dancers based in LA. And according to this tearful Instagram live that Melanie did with her parents, it all started in January when Miranda refused to fly back to her home in Michigan to go to her grandpa's funeral. So they flew out to see her and Miranda just refused to have any contact with any of them. So it all sounds pretty suspicious. Yeah. Um, so how is 7M linked to an alleged cult? Um, according to a reporting from our culture writer, Andrea, um, 7M Films lists this guy, Robert Shin, as the CEO, according to California Business Records. And he is also listed as having incorporated the Shekinah Church, which is a Pentecostal sect based in Santa Ana um, about 20 years ago. And both businesses, uh, according to Andrea's reporting, are registered at the same address. And 7M reportedly stands for Seven Mountains Mandate, which is based on a biblical verse. And followers believe that their job is basically to overtake all cultural spheres, education, business, the media, and purge all witchcraft and demons from them. So pretty intense. Um, But Miranda obviously does not agree that this, you know, she she has a different version of events. Uh, she releases a video on TikTok, weirdly to the tune of the Pussycat Dolls Buttons, 
um, claiming that she's not in a cult. She's perfectly happy. She cut off contact with her family um, because they did not approve of her marrying B-Dash, who was black. And in his own statement, B-Dash said it wasn't a cult at all, but that instead it was a, quote, secular for-profit company run by people who have faith in God, which is a very weird distinction, honestly. Yeah. Like, not really a distinction at all. (laughs) Um, But, okay. Um, And I should also note that we've reached out to all of these people many times, but as of recording, haven't heard back. So we do not know their sides of the story directly. We only know this from social media posts. But the weirdest thing by far about all of this to me isn't really the cult allegations and whether they're true or not. It's kind of two things. It's what is going on with this huge social media management company, which, you know, has been on featured on Ellen, has run runs the pages for a lot of big TikTok and Instagram influencers. Like what is going on here? Mm. This is not some podunk company with like a religious affiliation. This is like a big company. Yeah. Um, And also, like, even in the midst of all this, the content on Miranda and Melanie's pages is just like typical influencer stuff, which is really creepy. But even though this drama is unfolding quite publicly in real time, influencers are just, you know, going to keep influencing. Yeah. Would you do you feel like you're susceptible to a cult? No, I'm too mean. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I think you would ask too many questions. I would ask too many questions. I would. Uh, I would be like, wait, why do we have to wear these robes? I don't think you'd be in a cult, Brittany. I I've had many of my friends be like, I'm the most susceptible to being kidnapped or in a cult. Like I I would be either someone who would be. I I feel like I'm like I I'm very nice to new people that I meet, and I like to be like very sort of accepting of all of their weird stuff before I eventually learn that they're just weird and probably should not hang with them anymore. But I will keep it going for too long. Okay, but there's a distinction. I don't, like, you, you, I could see you being nice to somebody who is, like, I believe in, like, an alien who lives in the sky yeah. and, like, punishes Jews, you know? Like, I could see you being nice to that person, but yeah. there would be a line. Like, I don't think, I couldn't see you getting, like, sucked into that person's ideology. Well, it depends on what the ideology is, right? Like, (laughs) I'm not going to, that's like, I'm not, I'm not going to go with someone who says something like that. But like, someone was like, yeah, I'll manage you um, for, and make you an influencer. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Why not? So if there was like a career benefit. Yeah. So you would have been a Scientologist because that's exactly how Scientology sells itself. Okay. Have I talked to you about my Scientology thing? No. uh, (laughs) Were you a Scientologist? No, but I've been to the Scientology Center like numerous times in Times Square and I have been to a service before. How was it? Oh my God. I can't believe we've never talked about this. So I tend, so I don't know. I've literally, I actually had to bring this up to a few friends very recently at like, uh, we were just like all hanging out and they were just like shocked by this. But I like, I just, I don't know. You could walk into the Scientology Center in Times Square. Like anyone can do it. And so the very first time I went to New York, I just like walked in and I was with my dad and we just like walked in and we took a tour and they gave us like a Dianetics DVD. Um, we didn't see any of the fun stuff. I think it's because we're black, but like <laughs> we just like only made it so far. I remember they had free food. They, it was like an open house. They were literally having an open house. I think that's why we walked in. Um, and then I went in again also for free food and an open house. I think I was with some friends and we walked around and then one of my friends, freshman year of college, was doing, um, I don't know, she just, like, was writing about Scientology. She just, like, was, like, she did not like it and was, like, very curious about, like, what it was. And 
we like went to a service because she was like doing interviews there and we went to a service and we almost got kicked out because she asked too many questions while I was just kind of sitting there <laughs> like being like this is fascinating what kind of what um, kinds but, of questions did she ask did, they didn't okay, like that so, she asked questions well the thing about the service well it was really fucked up so the service mm-hmm. was basically a Scientology service is like in this room where there's a a, a bust of L. Ron Hubbard at the front but there's also a lot of crosses around like there's a lot of Christian sort of like iconography mm-hmm. happening around it and you're like in pews and it's structured like a Christian like a Catholic service um where there's like readings and there's like all these sort of like, you know, there's also like the, um, ugh, I like went to Catholic school, I can't remember, but like basically like when the priest in a Catholic service like kind of reflects on the reading, they have something similar to that. But the readings are very like quote unquote logical. Like they're based in like this idea of like everything happens for a very mm-hmm. specific reason. Like it's not meant to be like sort of like a moral yeah. dilemma, but it's like, um, here's how to solve your moral dilemmas. And it makes no sense. So I remember very distinctly that particular reading that day was a rule of thirds. And the idea that no matter what conflict you're having, if there's a conflict between two people, there's a third party that's responsible for that conflict. <laughs> and I remember them saying that if you, the, the examples that they were giving were like, say you and your partner are fighting. The reason might be, their mother-in-law has created a fight that has caused tension between you two. That's so fucked like, up. It was like, it was like super fucked up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember in the middle of the service, my friend literally interrupted and was like, excuse me, but that doesn't make any sense <laughs> in the middle of the service. And it was like, I don't know. It was like very strange. Like it was like very structured around um, like this kind of group therapy almost where it seemed like all the people that were there were pretty troubled. Like it wasn't super packed, but um, the stories that people were sharing seemed like they came from very troubled backgrounds, like they had history of like substance abuse or um, like had been homeless at different points in their life or very precarious uh, living situations that they were dealing with. Um, seemed like they had suffered from a lot of trauma, and which is why they probably were attracted to Scientology. Um, but yeah, so they were very so they were sharing their story where they're like, oh, yes, m- this conflict I had with my ex-wife may have been because of her like sister who caused these issues or like um you know my like like I don't know it was just, it was just like weird stuff like that um and I, my friend like literally interrupted all of it and was just like hey <laughs> this is fucked up <laughs> yeah yeah but that's what I would do honestly that's what that's why I wouldn't be in a cult I mean of course Scientology vehemently denies that it's a cult but yes um I mean that's that's exactly why I would not be in a organization like that because I would just scream at people. There is yeah. one caveat. There is one caveat. If, and this goes back to the, how this, this podcast is a platform for horniness. If, mm-hmm. if a hot person was in a cult, like an exceptionally hot person and was trying yeah. to get me to join, I probably would. I'd check it out at least. Yeah. I mean, again, this is like, this factors into a belief that I have of myself and that people around me have said is that I'm very gullible in some situations, not all situations, but like, I don't know. Like I would be someone who would be murdered by Ted Bundy, you know, (laughs) because hot, (laughs) but he wasn't that hot. I mean, if Ted Bundy, I mean, he's like hot enough. He was was hot enough. Um, I mean, I don't know if he dated, this is why, this is why I can't be most cults because I'm black. Like that's, that's the thing. Honestly, being a fat black woman has saved my life many times (laughs) because Ted Bundy would not have been attracted to me. 
And it's nice to know that because I probably would have gotten to his car. Brittany, I think Ted Bundy would have killed you. (laughs) He dated a lot of skinny white women. That's the only thing going for me. (laughs) I know, but I just, you know. That would have saved my life. I just want to gas you up a little bit. I just want to gas you up and say, I I think Ted Bundy would not be Ted Bundy's type. I'm more than fine with that, but he is my type and that's okay. I do think that cults are specifically a white, (laughs) a white lady problem. Oh, they are such a white lady problem. And that's, again, this is why my life would be saved in many instances because I am not the type of person they would want to bring into a cult. Like they're very, a lot of cults have very sort of like weird racial things going on with them Mm -hmm. where they're like trying to like build some sort of idea of like what their ideal society is, which is why they're, many of them are essentially horrible for many levels, but they're also technically kind of racist. A lot of them. They are. So I think my life would be saved um, by racism in a cult situation. And that's good to know. But there were some cults that specifically targeted uh, black women in particular, like, like Jonestown. True. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have been in Jonestown? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. He, I don't want to rule it out. He wasn't hot enough. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't. He was kind of gross. Yeah. It would, it would really depend. But like, I don't know. It had to be a hot person. What about Nexium? Did you think Keith Raniere was hot? No. I kind of did. I kind of, I I get, No. I get Nexium. I think I would have been a good recruit for Nexium. That's the one cult yeah. that I think, because they cloaked it in like feminist empowerment and I'm such a fucking idiot uh, yeah. that I probably would have bought it for a second. Like, oh, I love like liberal, yeah. I'm <laughs> like a liberal white feminist. Like that sounds great. Like I would have at least have gotten yeah. coffee with Allison Mack. Also Allison Mack. Was oh, people. I would have absolutely gotten coffee. I loved Smallville. Yeah, exactly. I loved Smallville. I would have def- I would have been like, hell yeah, Allison Mack. That show rules. Are you kidding? I would have been like, yes, Allison Mack. I would love to meet this person who you and like 11 other people are dating. <laughs> that doesn't sound yeah, weird at all. Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, yeah, I don't know. There are there are certain situations where like I just I know I know that I have hard limits. I have many hard limits. I have a, a core belief system that is unshakable. Um, And I, you know, there are certain situations where I just, I don't, you know, I wouldn't live on a fucking farm for sure. Like none of those cults, God willing. Like I'm not going to live in a commune. Yeah. You don't like discomfort. Um, You like convenience too much for cults. But if it was just like a cult where we like lived in a city and it was run by some hot people where we just like, you know, all like had sex constantly. Like, yeah, I would join that (laughs) cult. (laughs) If it leads to me drinking um, poison at some point, I probably earned it. Yeah, if so, if there's a cult leader who's trying to start like an orgiastic cult of exclusively and most hot of them people are. and is yeah. inclusive, then we're we're down. Yeah. Like we will come to your meetings. Yeah. So we support and you know, we that's that's probably the limit of it. But would I would I join a cult? Yeah, probably. I would probably accidentally get caught up in a cult. Speaking of hot people fucking, let's do himbo, I guess. Yeah, let's talk about a himbo who if he started a cult, I would absolutely join. So, as someone who is aesthetically Italian-American, I find Big Soprano's energy very attractive in a man, so that's why the discovery of the account Mob History has completely ruined my life. So, Mob History doesn't have his official name public, so I'll just be be referring to him as Mr. Mob for the rest of this segment. (laughs) So last week, Mr. Mob replied to a comment from a follower asking him to marry them. And in response, he gave 
a truly iconic answer. <laughs> oh, thank you, sweetheart. I'm flattered, but you don't want to marry me. There's a lot of girls on this app that ask me to marry them, and I'm explaining to all of you why you don't want to marry me, okay? I'm an alcoholic. I chain smoke cigarettes. I'm a pothead. I got bad teeth. I'm greedy. I'm selfish. I lie. I cheat. I steal. I got paranoia. I got PTSD. I got depression. Um, I don't like doing things. I don't like going out. I'm boring. I don't want to hear about your day. I don't want to meet your family. I don't want to meet your friends. I don't want to know where you're going. I don't want to know where you've been. So I love that type of honesty from a man. I love someone who's just like, I am not marriage material. Like, say it straight. For, say, it, say it. Just like, give it, give it to me straight. If Lance had so, done that, then we wouldn't have had Womblands. It's true. It's true. And it goes without saying that Mr. Mob is also deeply hot and like just like covered in tattoos, just like looks like he's definitely thrown some bodies into the into the river, into a river. Um, he just looks he just looks really, really hot. But like many people in the comments of this video, I did also believe that I could fix him. That wasn't until a follow up video he posted where he stated that he ain't broken. And that's even hotter. Well, I got news for you ladies. All right. I ain't broken. Just because I ain't marriage material don't mean I got any regrets, all right? It's called a lifestyle, baby. So, Mr. Mob, call me. Do you think he's a Trump Sorry supporter? Do you think he's a Trump supporter, though, Brittany? He's anti-cop. I went on a deep dive. Oh, good. Okay, thank God. I know he's at least anti-cop, um, which seems very not Trumpy. Yeah, thank fucking God. I just, every time we do a himbo, I ask myself if they're a Trump supporter. It's It, like, keeps me up at night. Because I think it, ha it happened once. I had... Did it happen yeah. that we uh, like wrote in a himbo and it was he was a Trump supporter and we like cut him? Or is it? I, I don't know. It's just like a conversation that we have. Um, yeah. I love Mr. Wrong. He's truly perfect. He is my ideal type. Absolutely. I got a serious speech impediment. There's a lot of fucking things over here. Go and find yourself a, no, uh, uh, a nice guy. Go and find yourself a good man. Treat him right. Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop, brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network. Written and hosted by me, Brittany Spanos, and EJ Dixon. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul. Edited by Dan Stein. And original music composed by Daniel Martzleft. 